Now Dion and uh, y'all know how it go. <laughs> Welcome to Revolutionary Road, unapologetically revolutionary. And today, um, ironically, we'll be talking about unapologetically recovering. We're talking about unapologetically uh, recovering in life, uh, recovering in whatever those things are that may have people addicted and, you know, just stuck in the rut. I'm not uh, live on Revolutionary Roads. If that's what uh, I see a message asking me about that, that's on Monday nights and Monday night only. Um, tonight, I'm just going from my podcast. And like I said, that's what it's about. Um, Crown Dion. Same start. Yes. It's what you got to tell somebody. Thank you. 
Can you get with that? Can you get with that? Can you pray for somebody other than yourself? Can you be a part of something that's bigger than yourself? That's what I love about uh, just God giving us the grace and mercy to reach out and touch someone. Second. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. beautiful beautiful that's beautiful god is good god is good and um right back to the show right back to the podcast and ironically right back to a guest that's been on the line she called doing the song how you doing how you doing can you hear me yes i can hear you how you doing i'm good oh good good you like that song of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, um, and so I was talking about uh actually I, I haven't talked, I haven't done anything yet. Um, you wanna say your name? Nikki. Nikki. Okay. And so anyway, um uh, just talking about addictions and recovery. Um I know uh, earlier you kind of gave me a verse, so you said something about uh what was some of the disciple? Uh, what was that word you used? <laughs> um, discipleship. Yeah. What was the discipleship? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it was something, but I, I thought it was ironic that something in, um, that you said as a, in the discipleship training was something so similar also to um other recovery uh walks and paths that people would take or things that people would have to put in their mind uh such as the serenity prayer you know so many things kind of went hand in hand uh no matter if it was na aa and um as you said earlier um also discipleship me myself i don't i've never really had to experience with uh recovery hand in hand or I mean, from a personal standpoint i don't know if you have yourself or if you have someone in your family that has that you would like to talk about but uh i have a uh have a expert on just somebody who went through it personally so I, I would like to play some excerpts from something he says but if you would like to say anything um the floor is yours i would love to hear anything you have to say Okay, all right. Well, maybe not. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, 
Um, and so addiction is a huge thing in our nation, obviously. Um, it's ironic that right now in California, since um uh, since they're having a the Super Bowl, um, they're attempting to clean LA up. And I think it's crazy that we have to wait for a Super Bowl uh, to clean up the homelessness and the problem that we see happening in L.A. right now. Um, you know, that problem is just not going to go away, you know, just by. That problem is not just going to go away just by cleaning it up for a Super Bowl. And um, I, I think that's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous idea. Whoever had it. And uh, it just shows you that they only want to fix things um as a with a band-aid no matter what the problem is See, i don't have to have uh real personal experiences uh, with homelessness or uh drug addiction or recovery to understand that you can't put a band-aid on anything uh it's on it's gonna do just what it's uh, attempted i mean it's there to do it's gonna fix it for the for the uh time being and that's it uh like i said i had a a serious brother who went through, uh, who got a beautiful testimony. And uh, I would love to share that testimony with you. This brother's name is Mo Egan. And, um, you know, what can I say? Like I said, uh, hearing it from somebody who went through it from a, on a personal standpoint is a lot different from, uh, you know, me just sitting up here speaking um, from what I think I feel from it or what I've uh, what I've heard. And, and of course, hearing is believing as well, but seeing is believing uh, to a much more bigger extent. So my brother, uh, Mo Egan. I was homeless. And to continue my drinking and drugging habits, I was committing crimes and getting arrested. See, I didn't know how to get help. My definition of help was to cover up my emotions with drink, drug, and sex. That's the only help I knew. Within weeks, I was arrested for the seventh time. East Oakland, California. I was the youngest of seven children. Family members openly used drugs and alcohol. I had a brother who thought he was a pimp, a brother who was an alcoholic, and a sister who, as a teenager, gave birth to twins addicted to crack. Cousins openly sold and used drugs. I got caught in elementary school selling marijuana joints. I remember being sent home. And when I got home, I wasn't reprimanded by my parents. Nobody cared what I was doing. And there was no consequences. Mm. That's right. We later moved to Santa Rosa, California. And in high school, I progressed to cocaine and speed. Mm. I was playing two sports at the time and somehow getting away with it. In fact, we were having some success. We won a couple championships, and I got the most valuable player of a couple sports teams. Played in college and was good at it until I was injured and I had to have surgery. The doctor prescribed pain pills. But long after the pain was gone, I continued taking those pain pills, adding that to the drugs and alcohol. I didn't like the direction my life was going, so I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, thinking that would change me. But I soon found out that I brought me with me. Damn. My new job was at the Martin Luther King Center. And I loved working for Coretta Scott King. But my drugs and alcohol, it persisted. I remember sitting in my office and, and looking out the window. And there was Dr. King's eternal flame. And I thought to myself, dude, you got to get it together. You're in a great place and you're part of history. That lasted for a little while, but not for long. Knowing that I would eventually get caught and fired, I quit to avoid the shame. The next five years, it was a free fall, downhill, drugs, alcohol, until finally, standing in the middle of the street, asleep in San Francisco, 
arrested again. When I got arrested in San Francisco on my last run, the arresting when I got arrested in San Francisco on my last run, the arresting officer was my old college football football coach turned cop. And I remember him saying to me, once you start, you'll continue showing up here until you do something about it. And that hit me. I had spurts of being clean and successful in life. And I knew that there was a better way for me. I don't think God intended for me to be homeless, walk in the streets, or don't be not home. I heard the last street was two years. And it was very difficult. And that sounded like something I needed. So while in jail, facing new charges, I wrote a letter to Delancey Street, and they gave me an interview. In that interview, I was desperate, and I begged and pleaded for them to help me. And by the grace of God, I got accepted. When I first got to Delancey Street, all I was talking about was the streets, the drugs, the women, and the crimes. It was the only way that I knew how to connect by telling old drug addict war stories mm. and one of the leaders overheard me he said hey did you come here to change or did you come here to be the same loser you came here as and that hit me hard so great get back in there find somebody else that's telling those loser stories and tell them to knock it off <laughs> and that's exactly what i did it was a new and powerful thing to be trusted to help save somebody else's life. Right. So I had gotten some trouble at Delancey Street. Later on in the meeting that we call games, an opportunity to get feedback from your peers. One of my peers stepped to and said, Mo, you're a liar, you're a sneak, and you're a cheat. I wasn't having any of that. They weren't talking to me. Must be somebody else. And then another person said the same thing. And then another offered some specific examples. About the fifth person into it, I felt something good. So you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm a liar and I'm a manipulator. And for the first time, it made me sick. Later that night, as I laid down, I thought to myself, man, this is where I become. And that's the person I wanted to change. Games became a game changer for me. It got to where, even though it hurt, I looked forward to going to games so that I could have my destructive flaws brought to me by people who loved and cared enough about me to tell me the truth. I feel sorry for anybody that doesn't have friends like that. Feedback became my best friend. Once again, I've gotten in a little trouble. And this time, I got a haircut, a verbal reprimand by one of the leaders in the community. She gave me some extra chores and some extra dishes. Now, that might sound crazy. A house full of criminals, and the punishment you use is extra dishes and extra chores. But it works. When she gave me that haircut, I felt embarrassed, I felt ashamed, I wanted to split and go get high to deal with my emotions and my difficulties. But I said, you know what? It's time to change. It's time to do something different. It's only some extra chores, some extra dishes. An opportunity for me to look at what I did wrong. The last principle. I had been in other programs, but after two weeks or six months or whatever the funding ran out for that program, I hadn't changed. Because I practiced being a lying, sneaky, cheating, impulsive person for so long, two weeks, six months, or whatever, it wasn't going to do it. And so at the other side of Academy, we don't talk about being good. We practice being good. We don't sit in classrooms. We practice being good working in one of our vocational schools, lawn care, 
a moving company, catered, or selling delicious funnel cakes out of our food truck. Mm. Throughout the course of the day, the real you is going to come out. The liar, the sneaky, cheating, impulsive person. Somebody's going to see it, somebody's going to hear it, and we're all going to call you on it. And then you go back and you try it again and again and again until you get it right. And if at the end of two years you didn't get it right, you can humbly ask to stay longer. It wasn't until my third year at Delancey Street that I felt like I was ready. I had it in my gut. Yes, I'm ready to go be productive. And I stayed an extra year to give back because I loved what I was doing. I graduated in 2012, and I've been clean for 10 years. Awesome. Awesome. I got a job. I became a trusted manager in a company, and I bought my own home. In November of last year, I was recruited by the Other Side Academy to be part of staff. When I help another person, I get that feeling I haven't got anywhere else. You can't buy it, you can't drink it, you can't snort it, and you can't smoke it. And that stuck with me. I know what it feels like to help another person and have them get better as a result. Wasted human potential. That's what Mo was at. Listen to but these numbers. Here in the United States, there are 600,000 who are homeless. 600,000. 23.5 million are addicted to drugs and alcohol. And on any given day, 2.3 million Americans are locked up, giving this nation the dubious distinction of the highest incarceration rate in the world. Yay. Aren't we proud? Some people need to be locked up. But many who are locked up don't know how to change. Imagine being a kid who gets high in elementary school and no one tells him that it's wrong. How do you figure out life and the problems it throws at you when you're getting high as a kid? Mm. Awesome. I'm talking about it don't get no more solid than that. And like I said, that was uh, the brother Mo Egan. And uh, like I said, I thought it was a beautiful testimony, so I just kind of had to let it rock. Just kind of had to let it go. Um, and so when you talk about homelessness, man, you know, homelessness, recovery, it's like we all together um, as a unit, as a whole that's the only way to recover. Um, you know, whatever your addiction is, whatever your hope is, hey, we can all do it together a little bit better. That's it. Thank you. 
Anybody believe that? Anybody still believe that? Do anybody still believe that we are together the world, you know? <laughs> this might not be be my uh, 
this might not be my best subject to talk on, but I do believe that I'm good on solutions. And I can tell you that uh, if we can get that mentality back, or we can just have even a quarter of that mentality, man, the addiction in this nation, the homelessness in this nation, the hunger in this nation, the murder in this nation, the crime in this nation, oh man, the trafficking in this nation, just the like, you know, that's all pointing to one direction, not one direction, but like I said, it's not just about a drug recovery. It's about the recovery of a nation, man, because when you think about the numbers that they're talking about, when you talk about the numbers that they are talking about of the drugs that came across the border, just 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 look at the border crisis and let's not act like it's not a serious situation for a second. Um, and just, and also, let's not act like this is not a situation that's uh, that's also giving, you know, that's also contributing to some of this. You know, the minute we start trying to keep things real about that, then we can start really, really getting to the bottom of things. So I just want to be be real and upfront about that. Um, you know, one of the things that the brother Mo, Mo Egan uh, one of the conclusions, six conclusions, actually, that he felt like was good steps, you know, six steps to recovery in the brother uh, Mo Egan's opinion, not opinion, but just in his experience. One of those steps was first. The first and foremost, I think, which would probably be, I think all of these steps are obviously important, but uh, I just want to say, and if you're listening to the song in the background, I do want to let you know that is uh, one Bishop Paul S. Morton, Let It Rain. Sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to ask God, open up the floodgates of heaven and just let it rain, you know. Um back to the brother Moegan, one of the first things he spoke about was you just have to want to change. You know, you know, a lot of times we we know that we have a problem. But thank you, Lord. The problem is actually bigger than we are. And we actually allow the problem to stay bigger than we are. And 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 that's something that you know I, I I can tell you this. Let me tell you something. So I don't have to be, have to have an addiction to a drug to be a professional on what I'm speaking on. Because you can be addicted to so many things. I'm talking about so many things. And for a long time, look, man, I'm going to tell you. Uh, you can wake up with just some of the wrong things on your mind. And it don't have to be a drug. Sex can also be a drug. Um, having to have money, like, in other words, hustling can also be a deadly drug. And so a lot of people face addictions that we don't even know about. Sometimes we think of addiction and we just see it as a person that just have needles in their arm or is just strung out on some type of one of the four or five heavy drugs. Or no, actually, when you think of the pharmaceutical companies, uh, we're a little bit past four or five. You know, we're talking about some real powerful stuff when we start talking about pharmaceutical companies. So I just want to be clear and say one of the bro- one of the things the brother Mo said was you have to want to change. That was first. Yes, want to change. That's like acknowledging the problem. You know, they say you have to acknowledge the problem. And sometimes you can acknowledge it still without wanting to change it. You know, so um, it's bigger than want uh, acknowledging it. You have to actually want to change it. Another thing that brother said, number two, was you have to have an act as if mindset. Act as if. Act as if. 
Act as if I am stronger. Act as if I am already clean. Act as if I am winning. Act as if God has already delivered me from this problem. Act as if the thorn has been taken out of my side. But don't forget to give God the glory. You have to have an act as if mindset. And um, man, it's so it's so it was so good to hear the brother. But man, I, I tell you, if you get a chance to look up his testimony and see him, because he's a brother that you could actually look at and you could tell his testimony is true. You could tell his testimony is real. And 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 to see the the strength in his face, his face, uh, 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 uh you know, helped help believe and uh, the story and help feel the passion that this brother was speaking from. Um, the third thing. The third thing, and I love this. I love this because this is what I'm doing right now. You have to have an each one teach one mindset. I mean, you have to be willing to take that, what you are learning, and hurry up. And I say hurry up. I threw that in myself because I don't think you should sit on it, you know, we spend a lot of time casting our pearls upon the swine, but God tell us don't cast our pearl upon the swine. And so, you know, when you get some good news, so you know somebody that want to hear it and need to hear it, don't waste too much time. Give it to them. So each one, teach one, take that blessing, take that nugget, take that lesson that you have learned and take that tutoring, take that experience that you are being taught, take that washing and take that cleansing and be willing to teach it and show it to somebody else in the name of Jesus. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. And. Just asking to open up the <laughs> floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. The fourth thing you have to do is holding yourself. That's kind of, that's almost, you know, the third going in, in hand with the fourth, but all of these things go hand in hand, so they're not too far for one another, right? So the fourth thing is holding not only yourself accountable, but holding your peers accountable too. That is when you heard him talking about um, the counselor telling him, take those war stories, I mean, Save those war stories and go find somebody else who's telling those same war stories and tell him to save it. Tell him to hush it. Let go of those old uh, things from the street and let go of those things that you are trying to get away from. I mean, why would you actually continue to hold on to it? Why would you actually continue to uh, bring it with you? I love when the brother said the problem was he took himself with himself. When it, whenever he went into the place he had to go to get help, the problem was he brought himself with him. Ooh, that's powerful. Because sometimes um, we do that. Ooh. We call ourselves running from the problem, and everywhere we run, we bring our old self with us. We, a lot of us still don't understand what Erica Badu said when she said the bag lady. We don't understand that a lot of times that we are the bag lady. Bag man, however you want to say it, but I'm keeping in reference with the song. Every one of us have been the bag lady, and we're taking those bags everywhere with us we go. And sometimes those bags are drugs. Sometimes those bags are sex. Sometimes those bags are abusive women or men. Sometimes those bags are just old baggage, like an old prison record that you can't get away from, an old thing that you did that you won't allow yourself to be forgiven for. Sometimes it's baggage that's just holding us down. And you know what? It can cause any addiction to make a con addiction be continuous. Man, that's just the real truth of the matter. So you have to hold yourself accountable, but you have to hold your peers accountable, too. The fifth thing was. It's kind of like the serenity prayer and recognizing some of the things, the difference in things that you can and can't not do. And the fifth thing was like. Knowing the immediate consequences, recognizing the immediate consequences, and sometimes. Um, the immediate consequences of those things going through that life, as you know or may not know, can be serious. You know, it can be prison uh, for life. 
you know, on and off. You know, as the brother said, he went seven times. Or you know what? Sometimes it can just be hmm, losing a husband or wife. You know, sometimes it can be losing your children. You know, it can be so many different things. And so, you know, it can be death. You know, you can hit somebody or somebody can hit you or the feed can get so necessary to uh, you feel the need to go out and do the wrong thing to get it. And it's just so many immediate consequences. But the other thing is you could be around somebody else because when you because, as they say, birds of a feather flock together. That's a true statement. And so you could be around somebody else who look at that hunger as a whole different hunger and might have a more a hunger more hungry than your hunger and might not have some of the resources that you may have. And he or she could do something more dangerous than to you that you was not expecting or looking for and something that you may or may not have ever considered to do to get uh, your high or your fix. And at some point you will if you have it at that time. And it's just. uh yeah, man. Yeah, man. DJ had in the background a billion people. So, the sixth thing, and I think, you know, I, I love this verse because uh, even though the sister uh, Nikki was uh, disconnected earlier, I appreciate her call and I appreciate her calling in. She said, uh, she texted and said her Wi Fi was bad. And, um, um, it was, a, you know, she got disconnected. But one of the things that I, I liked about the last thing that the brother spoke of, the sixth step, uh, was kind <clears> of <throat> indicative to Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, striving unto perfection. You know, we, we know that there is none perfect. Oh, that, that is recognizable. We know this. But it still tells us to strive unto perfection. Don't, don't, just because you know you can't be perfect, that don't mean wake up saying I'm going to be nothing. That doesn't mean wake up saying, uh, since I can't be good, I'd rather be bad. Since I can't be perfect, I'm going to strive to be less than perfect. And so, um, Matthew chapter five, uh, let me see, verse 48 was a, a beautiful verse that, uh, she kind of spoke on in reference to this and um and um i i thought it went perfect with uh the sixth thing that the brother spoke of and that thing was basically practice until you become that person that's almost one of the other steps when he said act as if but so practice until you become that person you know and that's i mean they say practice makes perfect and so that goes with anything. Tom Brady ain't Tom Brady. And I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Bucks fan, but right now we're just speaking on facts. And, um, you know, <laughs> Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady because he sat home and did not practice. You know, the Jerry Rices, the Joe Montana, the Peyton Mannings, the Magic Johnsons, the Kobe Bryants, the LeBron James, the Michael Jordans, the Wayne Gretzkys. You know, the Tiger Woods, all of these people, the Serenas, the Venuses, these people practice to become the people they are. Every Hall of Fame person, wherever they are, they practice to become that person. And so we have to practice when we are in a rut. We have to practice when we find ourselves on the need to be on a road of recovery. And that road can be any road. You know, I started this out just thinking about just uh, a drug recovery, possibly. And, um, you know, and 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 uh, the recovery of America with all of the things that America is actually going through. It seems like America is actually on drugs right now. You know, when you're talking about. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. And so. But I will tell you, when we look at the rate. The, the rise in crime. We look at the, I say America looks like it's on drugs right now because the state of the union is bad. And so drug addiction plays a heavy role in that. Addictions all across the nation, but drug addiction plays a heavy role in that. And homelessness plays a huge role in that. 
because not 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 in the because i mean what part of homelessness and addiction don't go together that don't mean every homeless person is an addict by no means but what i'm saying is for those who are dealing with addiction and then they also have to face this war with homelessness and not with homelessness i mean probably being a homeless person themselves um i would i would you know I, I i don't know a number but i would have to say a very high percentage of homeless people have an ad a, a very uh serious addiction and that addiction don't have to be a street drug you know the pharmaceuticals play a huge part in the problem that we face in america today but as it stands you know drugs like fentanyl due to the uh border at the crisis i mean the crisis at the border plays a oh man i think it has i think it was and and, and look this up uh it was one of the most uh higher confiscated drugs being imported into this country last year in 2021 i i mean it beat it beat heroin and so that's a huge problem because it's in so many um um things disguised you know it's not like fentanyl is not a a serious uh drug as also used for medicine you know also using medical purposes and so it's not like this is a bad drug all around but it's so easy to uh i mean it's even being you know they they're catching even marijuana even when they bust a marijuana they're catching even marijuana laced with drugs like fentanyl so um when we look at people with these addictions <laughs> we can't just look and think that we are so far from the problem that we are untouchable no we are touchable anybody is touchable if you in the uh chain of um if you're not underground i guess that's the word i'm looking for or the phrase of train of thought i'm trying to get hold on one second i say that because in particular if you're depending on chain grocery stores where you where we are buying our food or where you are you know whatever you are in the chain of things where things can be uh you are not in control of what you are eating you are not in control of what pesticides and and, and steroids and all of this stuff uh was used you have nothing to do with it and so um you don't you not you don't know if 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 it happens or not you know i mean you don't know what you're taking in the end to be honest about it all you know is what you think and um what you've been told and sometimes that's often a, a a serious problem and so i'm just saying that to say you know with drugs coming in like that that can be disguised easy we're not so far away from it to where we can feel like we're untouchable as well because these things can be consumed unknowingly sometimes and so you know i just you know when you think about um i mean how many methadone or or, or or these clinics i i probably didn't even use the right word but clinics that they have for people that may be on meth and, and and maybe even other drugs that they that they give to these people to give them fixes or or, or whatever um to get them so-called fixed and I, and i think the drug is suboxone i remember i had a friend one time he said it to me and he said it so casual like <laughs> to be honest he, he really did he said it so casual but um the honest thing about it is he he thought i knew so um i don't think he looked at it different i don't i don't think he really looked at it as a bad thing and i, I didn't look at it i didn't judge me that i was my that was you know he's my partner so he's my guy you know uh but it was just it was just it was just kind of weird i was like what you mean to tell me you know they got this they actually have clinics um where people hello you listening to crown dr so I, I how you doing how you doing hold on one second hold, hold on one second so um it was it just kind of amazed me because you might have a, a thought on this and you might actually know a little bit more uh about this than i do but i was just speaking of, of a, a friend one day he said uh he asked me to take him to a clinic to get a fix you know like you know at, and I'm not sure if he referred to it as methadone or or, or whatever, uh, but I was like, you mean they actually have these? You know, I, you mean to tell me you can go to a clinic like in broad daylight where you can get a fix? Like I had never heard of that. 
And so that was crazy to me. Um, <laughs> anyway, we have a call on the line. Thank you for calling. And, and um, what's going on? How you doing? <laughs> Okay, okay. I thank you. Thank you, thank you. I like it. It is unapologetic because it's through, if, you're, if you listen to your music and your, your songs, um, especially some of the new ones about um, moving forward um, and dividing, I mean, um, you know. Uh, the divisiveness, yeah, divisiveness. yeah. Yeah, I, I I like it. I, I bridging, that's what I was looking for. Bridging the divide. Yeah. Um, of, of, between, 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 I appreciate that. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Because I was talking about, uh, uh, you know, obviously we're talking about recovery and addiction. Um, but as I was, the more I spoke about it, I, I realized that 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 it's a bigger problem than just individuals, you know. And I, and, and I was speaking of, like, America seems like, uh, at, at this point, America actually seems like it's on drugs. And so it's like the whole nation uh, needs to be under a, a, a recovery. And I spoke in regard to the Super Bowl being in L.A. When you look at the homelessness in L.A. right now, they are actually finally trying to clean up L.A. by bullying the homeless people uh, because of the Super Bowl. How do you feel about that? Just because of the Super Bowl, they're, they're willing to clean it up and make it look good. And, um, you know, I, I think that's hypocrisy. And I think that's putting a Band-Aid on the problem. And I, and I say that in particular because homelessness I think when you talk about addiction and recovery, uh, you can't look past uh, that problem in itself either. No, I think that's exactly I think you hit the nail on the head. It is a Band-Aid. It does seem like a Band-Aid. See, I didn't know this was where the Super Bowl was going to be or that they're going to clean it up for that. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for some of those homeless people. Who knows? I mean, maybe they'll build, you know, a... Uh, Yeah. What, what is their stance going to be? Uh, that remains to be seen. I, I really think right at this point, they're just going to kind of muscle the people. And, um, you know, I, I remember sometimes when they build projects or tear down projects to, to build something that, that they consider to be better. Uh, when they built Tropicana Field, they tore down some uh, apartments where uh, predominantly, I, well, not predominantly, but all African uh, black people stayed. But I said that to say they moved them around to other places. So uh, conveniently moved them around. So I'm just thinking they'll push these people around for a little while. And as soon as the Super Bowl is over, um, they'll let that situation go right back to how it used to be. And it'll get out of hand again. And I'm just saying whatever they are doing now, it seems like they should be able to do um, before. If we all... Band together, we'll be able to fix these problems. That's what friends are for. That's what we're talking about. And um, that's what we're playing right now. Listen to Crown Dion, unapologetically revolutionary right now. It's just unapologetically a recovery. A recovery for individuals, the nation itself.
Indeed, indeed, indeed. I love that song. <laughs> I think one of uh, one of the most things uh, that people miss, and um, that we're missing today, is true friendship and true love. Like you kind of said earlier, and, and and may I ask your name, please? Ella. Ella. Well, I really, really, really thank you, Ella. I thank you for actually. Uh, Stumbling upon the music first, <laughs> supporting, listening, and um, actually being a, a, a um, informed listener because I can tell by the things that you said that you actually listened to some of the music. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate you calling in with input. And please continue to do that. You should call in every time. Yeah. 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 Amen, amen, amen. I like it. Well, it's been a journey. It's been a journey, uh, indeed. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, wow. Got two minutes left. <laughs> but I'm actually probably going to go a little bit over because I want to close it out with the goodie mob, with the serenity prayer. Um, because that's that funk. That's why. We heard six steps to recovery that I'm going to go over one more time uh, that the brother Mo Egan spoke of and said that these were things that he felt needed to be uh, approached and uh, uh, that was important in his recovery and his success. And, and, and the first thing, as we remember, was you have to want to change. You can't you can confess it. You can acknowledge it. But you still have to want to change. And um, Ella, remember, if you have anything that you, you know, because I noticed you're still on. So if you have anything, I, I, this, this brother spoke of six steps. Uh, but if you have anything that, that sounds um, that you would like to give into the conversation, please add. But first, you have to want to change. Number, the, number two was you have to have an act as if mindset. You have to act as if you've changed. You have to act as if you've beat the problem already. Act, act as if you've overcome. Act as if you can't. Act as if you are bigger than the problem. Number three, each one teach one. After you learn something, be willing to reach out and teach it to somebody else. Help them through their experience. Number four was holding on, holding yourself and your peers accountable. Number five. Knowing the immediate consequences, you know, prison, death, losing your family, losing your wife or husband, leaving your kids. There's so many different things. Um, and number six, I, I thought was, you know, um, strong uh, because, like I said, it alludes to a Bible verse. I think it was chapter eight, uh, Matthew, chapter five, verse 48, striving unto perfection. Number six was for him practice until you become that person. And so. 
Um, you have to see yourself, speak it, speak it to be it. And I like that. And that was uh, uh, the approach. You heard the testimony from the brother Mo Egan, and uh, it was a great one. And those was the six steps that he felt um, important to take in this step uh, to recovery and um, back to real life and back to, you know, just society, back to his family, back to contributing to life. You know, um, it's something beautiful about being able to contribute, you know. Amen. Yeah. 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 The nail on the head. Um, absolutely. Those are all um, all factors. And um, actually, some that I didn't even know of, considering I'm in active recovery and have been, um, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, coming on five years now um, of following, trying to follow his lifestyle. I didn't know actually of a few of those you had um stated just now yeah and, yeah um like the the act it and play you know yeah I, well speak it into existence you, more so right um because i was just kind of scared you know if anything and even even then being scared for your life or against the system you know against being a product of the system is still um is not without setbacks sometimes and all it takes is that one setback that can ruin everything and so it you know yeah people just we have to stay strong in our recovery and just do it for ourselves and for our family and our friends and yes um help um uh, hold ourselves and our our your peers um, yeah peers accountable yeah. i'm i'm so glad that you actually opened up and shared that with us. I'm, I'm just glad that it, it went the way it went. You called in and um, to support me and actually end up sharing um, a lot that uh, uh, you brought a lot. And man, I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, you know, feeling a little goosey here. Yeah, man, that's what's up. If you, if I can tell you one thing, like, um, you know, hearing me read it is, is good. If you go back and play this podcast, you'll hear that brother, you'll hear that brother speak about it. And, um, um you know from his lips and and he only speak for 10 minutes so it's 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 pretty good um to go back and run this back and check that out i'm so glad that five years that's a long time and um and that you can acknowledge that the ballot isn't over but to know that you went five years it's like um wow and so there's no reason why you can't go another five and then after that another five and you know keep it moving keep it moving keep it moving and so yeah man yeah and it's and it's good because now we're friends and like the song said that's what friends are for you know you have people um you know just just uh, uh that's what friends that's what real friends are supposed to be for and so you know through distance and um through all of that you know you know when somebody is good for you and you know when somebody like you know when you got to get them out your life it's just like a drug just like a drug sometimes we have friends that we don't even need in our life and we can't get rid of them so you know that's an addiction you know a bad friend is going to be addiction just like any drug just like any other thing so i just wanted to appreciate you calling in and, and bringing your comments and and um i appreciate your recovery and i'm glad that you're doing well and um hey you got to join me again it's crown dion I'm going to fade this out with Goody Mob, Serenity Prayer. It was always like one of my favorites, uh, you know, because it was. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, this so hard.
Indeed, 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 indeed. God is good. Even when it don't seem like it, even when it seems like the problem is bigger than you. Um, it's only bigger than you because you haven't given it up yet. And, you know, sometimes we might not never even see the end of it. You know, sometimes people die still never seeing uh, that blessing come. But that doesn't necessarily mean God didn't answer we just didn't let it go, I think, a lot of times. And and sometimes we just have to do our best. You know, that's easier said than done. I'm not saying that because I'm perfect or I let it go or I did all of this and that. But um, I just – I've been living for a good while. And so I understand the same experience that a lot of people are going through. Like I said, don't hold an addiction just to drugs. Don't look at somebody and, and say that just because they have a needle or – uh, a pill or, or, or hair, whatever type of addiction, or even a pharmaceutical addiction, that they're an addict, and that's that only they are an addict, because there are so many other type of addictions that we all got to deal with, and I think, um, you know, everybody can actually point itself in some type of way and acknowledge that. Anyway, uh, the best thing about it, or the most important thing about it, is when you see it, if you recognize it, be a willing participant to help that person. Um, don't be a, don't turn um, a back or a blind eye to it. Um, um, kind of be like the Bible, you know. Don't don't cast your pearls upon the swine, but at the same time, don't walk upon, don't walk past that person. Don't uh, be willing to feed that hungry person. Be willing to clothe that naked or uh, homeless person. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. Say that. Say that one more time. That's right. Love your neighbor as yourself. Indeed. And so, God is good. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, this has been Crown Dion unapologetically recovering, not myself, but the nation, uh, as individuals, uh, as a society. As a whole, um, yeah, yeah. I think like uh, Ella said earlier, love is the answer indeed. Yeah, man, like back in the days, <laughs> the peace. Anyway, um, I'm out, Crown Dion, man. You can download the podcast anytime. You can follow me on IG and Reverb Nation and Almost Podomatic. I'm out. God is good. Tune in next time.